worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put the rest your fears There's no need to panic if you let us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Sunday, you know what that means. It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture, the podcast where we talk about all things anything and everything. It's the It's Canon Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Boris, and this week I'm joined by Cool Guy Phil. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Yeah, and, and Boris, by the way, is saying that because I'm wearing sunglasses. I had uh, uh, a procedure done on an eye, and they told me that if I'm around bright lights, I should be donning some shades, and they gave me the shades of a 90-year-old man. So I'm wearing my prescription sunglasses instead. I love it. <laughs> love it. I was going to say that, you know... You have to protect against bright, shiny things. You are looking at me via webcam, so it only makes <laughs> sense that you have to wear your yep. sunglasses. Exactly. That's, that's par for the course. It's almost every week. I, I'm like, oh, man. Boris is the beaming light that's overwhelming me. All overwhelming right, so. me with something. <laughs> <laughs> overwhelming you with something. Uh, I know a lot of people who would say the same. All right, so what are we going to talk about on this week's episode? We're going to be talking about Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. We're going to be talking about PS5 milestones. We're going to be talking about Square Enix, CD Projekt Red, Kojima, Sucker Punch, Twitter bands, and Amazon Prime numbers and what they mean. And possibly some other stuff, time withstanding. Oh, man, that, that sounds like a lot. Jeez. Yeah, remember when I said that there wasn't that much this week? I guess I lied. Yeah, I was I was all all like hyped up to have a long deep dive into something, but now I see that we're going to be skittering all over the place. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of small stuff, right? So it's nothing that should yeah. be a twenty minute conversation outside of maybe the Georgia stuff, but we'll see. Um, uh, so I guess I have to ask you, regardless, even though I kind of know the answer. How are you, Phil? How was your week? Yeah, my week was just lots of fun. Actually, I got I got a fair bit of show watching in, but just the regular stuff. Uh, you know, obviously the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we're going to talk about later. Um, Invincible. I'm no. I, I watched that movie Nobody, which I thought was pretty darn good. Nobody, yeah. And um, I, you yeah, know, I there's... still can't buy. Um, uh, What's his face? The it's tough. It, it's interesting. Better call Saul uh, as an action star. Having said that, yeah. you know, there's other people who started off in weird roles and then they became huge action stars, right? Like, go figure. Yeah. Yeah, like Bruce Willis. 
And you think about it, man. There's like, you know, he's on moonlighting, and then he's like the action star, man. Uh, it, it was interesting because it does like this opening that's very similar to Invincible, which I'm right. finding is like this trend where it's like, just when they're about to say the word, they just flash to a title screen that says the word. Yeah. And then you're like, what? Okay. This is this is eerily similar. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's this trend in Hollywood or television production and whatnot. So, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's been one of those weeks. I've I've had a lot of downtime because of the 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 procedures done on me, and um, yeah, I've been been video gaming a lot too. To be honest, I've I've been working my butt off on some racing games and stuff. But I have to get back into Ghost of Tsushima and yeah. whatnot. I got stumped on that, and uh, I think I watched a YouTube on how to get past it. So interesting. I'm like, all right. You know, that's what I need to do every once in a while. I get stumped, as keep old forgetting. man Phil does. I was, I was going to say, I keep forgetting, your old man Phil, sometimes he just gets stuck. I have another buddy. He just turned 50 recently, um, and he's he, he's a self-proclaimed horrible gamer. Um, so, you know, he's often rage-quitting games halfway through, or it takes him a really long time to finish a game, which it is what it is, whatever, if you have fun. That's yeah. all that matters. But it's just kind of funny because, like, he's so self-proclaimed, like, worst gamer ever. Uh, and then he has the balls to play games like, you know, Bloodborne and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, man, why oh. do you do this to yourself? Oh, man. I, I, I had this 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 phase where I thought, man, Dark Souls, it's pretty cheap. I'm going to pick up a couple copies. I'm going to get Dark Souls 2 and Dark Souls 3 and I'm going to, you know, all this stuff. I haven't even opened the other one. I opened one of them, and I couldn't get past this tutorial. <laughs> it's just like, this is some high-class bullshit going on here. So, to be fair, you know, like, uh, I don't I don't typically rage quit a game. It just loses me. And then I'll get inspired and reignite with the game and, and get past the, the point. And then I typically manically obsess over the game until it's until it's done like the last yeah. of us i got stuck on a spot creeped me the fuck out i took a break from it for like two years and then i went back to it and i just couldn't get enough i got past that spot i just you couldn't stop playing it last of us the first one yeah yeah i thought you said the first one yeah no no just one two i'm 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 at my waiting point now <laughs> I'm in purgatory with that one because uh, it 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 straight up it didn't overwhelm me with difficulty. It overwhelmed me with creepiness. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, I gotta stop this. It's it's starting to get into my mental health no no zone. <laughs> yeah, I remember when you were playing that game. It's like you literally lost sleep when it came out. Yeah, you know like that and. Um, the Walking Dead show, when that was when I was really tuning into that a lot, it was it was affecting me. It was affecting my sleep patterns. It was affecting my blood pressure. That's and I, I was just like, you know what? This is an easy thing to remove from my life right now. And yeah. and sometimes I go back and I watch it, and I really do enjoy it. Yeah. Or I'll go back and touch, you know, the game and go, oh man, it's really good. But then there's just some moment or something that triggers anxiety, and I'm like, you know what? 
Gotta take a break. Yep. Gotta gotta back away from the monitor. Yeah. So <laughs> side note, speaking of uh Last of Us, did you see that they um casted cast Tommy in Last of Us HBO show? Yeah, I saw some news about that. Yeah, so it's Gabriel Luna. Uh he's probably best known for being in Ages of Shield. Um, mm-hmm. you know. So I've seen a lot of negativity around this casting. Um on the face of it, when I saw the headline, and I know who he is, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I wouldn't have gone that direction. But then I started thinking about it, like, literally seconds later. I'm like, wait a minute. Pedro Pascal, you know, he's Joel. Yeah. You know? Sorry, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's Joel. We're idiots. <laughs> yeah. He's Joel. We're idiots. All right. So yeah, he's Joel. So when you look at Pedro Pascal and then you look at Gabriel Luna, they do look like they could be siblings. So at the end of the day, I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. It's just like, it is what it is. But like, it's like some people, wow, your racism is surely strong on this one. Like, here's the thing about about all this, right? I don't typically get too opinionated or upset over casting choices because... I haven't seen the product. Exactly. It may stink like shit. It may be an awful, awful show, but it also might be the best thing ever. And they may make decisions that I don't necessarily agree with, but in in some cases, I don't necessarily want to sit there and rewatch the video game if they can make better choices with the story or the characters. Yep. So I think they have a pretty solid foundation on which they're operating from. If they do mimic the video game exactly story wise, that's okay too because it's a good story. I was very entertained with it. I was very compelled into it, but it's it's its own thing. It doesn't yeah. affect the video game. It does yep. if I don't like it or if I do, it doesn't change the video game for anybody. Yep. So I just it's amazing to me how defensive the nerddom gets about these properties and about the castings and you know what the issue is and this is i've I've seen this issue oftentimes with comic book movies and people give the mcu a lot of leeway over this like they give the mcu a lot of room to kind of do what they want but i've noticed this even in the mcu you know specifically with brie larson and and captain marvel you know people hate on her for whatever reason no one's given me a real concrete reason why they hate Brie Larson. <laughs> Anyways, that's beside the point. Um, you know, I've looked at Batman often. I, I always will remember when we found out, um, uh, you know, the casting for Joker way back in 2007, right? Like, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's people are, are, um, are interesting. So, yeah, the- like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I guess I guess you know the only time where I've gotten my cackles up is when Jared Leto was cast as the Joker. But the movie was a big miss and I just didn't care, right? It was just like, ah, he's not my first choice, but I enjoyed him in Blade Runner 2049. So you just can't tell. It's all about the direction. It's all about so much that goes on behind the camera, the writing. All this stuff that defines whether or not it's good or not. And, you know, as we even saw with the Snyder Cut, you can take a movie that's made 
and make other choices that may make it better without really changing what you yeah. already had. Yeah. So, and and, and he, at the face of things, like when Heath Ledger was cast, right? Like a lot of people gave him so much shit. Um, oh, yeah. He was, you know, he wasn't that big of a star in the sense of you never thought that he could pull this this type of character yep. off. You know, a lot of people didn't really see his acting chops, um, you know, and he made it his own. Like kind of he set the bar and the standard for what Joker is now, whether it be in the yeah, comics sure. or other representations. This is what people are now going to be thinking of. Anyways, so, yep. you know, we all should have learned back then. That's not the case. We're still judging the casting and whatnot. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy how, like, you know, how the issue at the end of the day, you know, 10 minutes later, we'll finally get to my point, is people have this image in their brain about what these things should be, who should be cast, what the story should be, how they should look, even literally how the costume should look and everything, right? And if it's not exactly what they have primed in their brain, they're not going to like it. They're not going to give it a chance. They're going to hate it. They're going to shit talk it. And then, you know, once you, there's a lot of buzz of negativity around something, it's an uphill battle, right? So, yeah, you know, how many times have we seen this? Look at Last of Us 2. People made assumptions on story. People made assumptions on a lot of things. And they hated it before they even played it. Exactly. And you know what? It goes the other way, too. You look at Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool and whatnot, and I think the buzz around that, it's funny because, again, I'm watching Comic Book Men, and it's almost like this time capsule of nerddom. And they talk about, they were talking about that on, on some of the episodes yeah. I was watching this week, and they're like, oh, this one's going to be huge. You know, Kevin Smith is just sitting there like, Oh, Ryan Reynolds is gonna crush it, and you know some guy comes in with the with the New Mutants, the first Deadpool issue, and they're like haggling over the the asking price of that, and they're like, yeah, well, it's undeniable the buzz is so huge around this movie that we're gonna be minting money off of this. Like if it's hanging on the wall, someone's gonna come in and plunk down the three or four hundred bucks that yeah. that that title will fetch type thing. Yeah, I remember. and they knew it back then, and yeah. But here's you know, the thing, it goes, though. it goes both ways. The speculation market also. Back then, it, was, it wasn't so bad. So when we knew that Ron Reynolds was going to come out with a Deadpool movie, you know, back in 2016, so I would say, you know, 15, 14, New Mutants 98 did go up a little bit in price. It wasn't yep. unattainable. I regret not picking it up. Yeah, I remember I know, seeing right? it, like, on a wall for 40 bucks. That's nothing for, a, like, a comic that, you know, yep. is going to blow up in price. <clears throat> I opted no. going for a mint version of The Killing Joke first run. Mm. Anyways, that's, that was my choice. That's what I went that with. That was your choice. Well, so, which was a solid choice regardless, but, you know. Yeah, you I can't go wrong with that, but. Yeah, I think I would have been better off with a New Mutants 98. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because all those books got ruined. Anyways. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, yeah. Uh, but now you take a look at the speculation market, and if there's a fart of someone appearing on screen, a fart of a property being made into a movie, those prices are just going up insane amounts to the point where even if there's speculation of a comic book that's going to be popular, 
oftentimes stores will not release them at the regular price and they're going straight to the wall we've had this conversation with tyler a few times um you know uh the last ronin the teenage mutant ninja turtles story that really looked really cool that recently came out it was very rare to find that on the store shelves because they went straight to the wall yeah it it, it's it's happening in collectibles as well obviously like you know, thank goodness there's companies like Lego and whatnot that distribute on a cycle. Uh, even when they're selling out, they're still not hiking the price, even the, when the demand is super high. But I know that, it, you know, it happens a lot in the collectible world in these markets where, like, even this week I paid, I bought a, a Cardinal helmet from Black Series, Hasbro Black Series, and I paid a little bit above what you would normally pay for it just because it hit Toys R Us and it sold out instantly at 150 bucks. And I ended up tracking it down and getting getting one because I just had to have it because I just don't want the white helmet. But it was funny because like even there I was looking at like that's already an elevated price that I paid because of the demand and the exclusivity of it because it's from Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. And then, like, there's even stuff I, I was taking a look, and some of the ones that are out of run, like, recently, like the Stormtrooper helmet from Rogue One is already up to five, 600 bucks full retail. Yeah. Brand new in box. It's, Ro- it's just nuts. And if Remember anybody when- gets that sense, I'm holding on to my Dazzler on card, man. I'm telling you. She's going to be huge. She's going to just be clicking her fingers and lights lighting. Yeah, dance but music happening. Remember back in 2015, the summer of 2015, I'll never forget it. Um, it was September 1st or late August. It was around then, but it was when the Force Awakens toys hit shelves. Yeah. It was yeah. madness. It was absolute madness. Yep. That here's the funny bit, though, right? You can speculate short term all you want, and it's not a good game. It's not. It really isn't a good game. These things are long play games. Yeah. Like, on these short gains, like, yeah, you're right. New Mutants 98 might have been a short gain wit. You know, you're getting in on a platform floor, and it's going to rapidly rise. And you have to... It's just like stonks and GameStop, yeah, right? It is. You got to choose when your exit level is. But with those toys, it's such a volatile market where, you know... E- Honestly, people, if you're out there and you're looking at eBay and you're thinking eBay or Amazon or any of these sites really is the the benchmark, it isn't. It's That's the greed mark. Yep. That's the greed mark. That's what people want for an item. So they get on there and, oh, well, you can buy it now for $700. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's worth it because I can go on to Kijiji or wherever and I can look at this same product and it's selling for $100. Yep. And so I think, you have to keep that in mind. Exactly. And it's great and hilarious that you bring up comic book men because I always remember stuff that Walt says, right? Um, Walt Flanagan. And he's always like, yeah, great. So then sell it on those sites if you can find it for 700 right? Like, good luck with yep. that. How long, how long has that seller been sitting on that price? Um, we don't know, right? So people, a toy, a comic, a whatever is only worth as much as someone is willing to pay for it yeah and and as well it's a really good business uh, uh, education and business too because you look at walt when he offers people something now obviously there's an art to the negotiation he's going to extremely lowball you 
and you can tell immediately almost with everybody whether or not they're going to play ball. Yep. And he's got to put a roof over his head. He's got to pay paychecks. He's got to make sure that all the store is taken care of. So he has to build in profit because a lot of people automatically, they might value their product correctly, but then they come into a store trying to sell it and think that they're going to get full value. That isn't the market, man. Like the market is what Walt's willing to pay for. Exactly. And that's the thing. <laughs> that's like, the it, true it, value. You can't bank on this stuff. But in the Kevin Smith train of thought, man, I got my signed dogma script this week by Kevin Smith and Jason Muse, and I got my Mallrats companion with uh, the script included in it. It's more like a comic book signed yep. by the two of them as well. Yep. So I'm over the moon and geeked them this week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so it's kind of funny just because, like, it's, I think Comic Book Man is a great example because, you know, we've seen episodes where Walt has no fucking idea about something, right? And he's really not yep. in touch with 80s, um, like, Transformers, G.I. Joe. That's Ming. Ming is the guy for yeah. that. So he, Ming did a lot of the negotiations for, for stuff like that. Um, oftentimes, he bought it himself, but that's kind of hilarious on its own, right? Um, yeah. So... You know, it, it it comes down to when you're dealing with shops like this, what the owner actually knows and what he actually in his mind thinks is the price of something, right? So this is this is what makes that secondary market really interesting because it's you know, you know, we go to a store in New Jersey, they might be willing to pay you know forty bucks for a comic, or you can take it to Silver Snail in Toronto, and the price is you know eighty bucks. Because it's it's, yeah. it's it's it really depends on the people that you're selling it to at that given time. Yeah, it, it's all dependent on the market, the local market, right? That's that's the biggest driver. So, the best example that I can think of is always sports. If you take a um, a Austin Matthews rookie card, for example, and you bring it you bring it to Toronto, it's gonna sell for for mad money. Right, because Austin Matthews, Maple Leafs, blah 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 blah. You take it to a market outside of Canada, let's say, you take it down to New Jersey, and it's probably going to fetch half the price, if that. Right? It, it's it's and it's going to be again speculation fueled. It's going to be, well, he could be one of the great players, so maybe there's a little bit of a, a bump up there, but you know, like I say, it's it's a hot ticket item in one market. And it's, you know, just an average item in another. So that's what happens with comic books. And the owners that really know their marketplace, that know that this product will fly yeah. off the shelf, even at a more inflated price than, let's say, it's booked at. Then that's that's the way it is, man. Exactly. That's the way it is. There's stores who don't want to go near stuff like that, right? Like, I know stores in, in the GTA that don't want to go near collectibles because the owner doesn't feel comfortable because they don't know the stuff yeah. and it's hard. It's, it's, you know, it's the speculation market. And then there's a store kind of like Gotham central in Mississauga where they're willing to take everything because Carlos, the owner fucking knows his shit or he's going to bring in someone. It's kind of like, uh, um, pawn stars. Like, wait a second, I'll bring in someone. Right. And then 10 yeah, minutes later, like they even do up. that. They even do that on comic book, man. Yeah. Like Walt will call in Rob and stuff like that. And away they go, you know, he knows the wheelhouse in the market 
And he also knows what he's willing to get into and what he doesn't want to touch. And I do love that. Like when he sees something cool, some guy came in on a recent episode with um, Twilight Zone cards all signed by the actors. Yeah. And Walt's just like, I'm torn on this because I have a no trading card policy. Yeah. He's just like, we don't do this at the stash. But he's like, this is movie magic, which we do do at the stash. So he actually had that quandary, and then, you know, then he asked the guy how much he'd want, and then he's like, "I'm out. Like, there's no way I could pony up the cash needed to get this type of thing." Yeah, exactly. Um, but and that's the thing. Like, yeah. So it the speculation market is always fucking interesting. Um, you know, it's 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 it's. I'm not a part of that market. I will buy books in the secondary market, but. Even when I was a big-time collector, I never imagined that I would ever sell anything I collected unless, you know, shit got really bad in my personal life, finances and whatnot. But I I collected for myself, right? Like, I never collected as a investment product. Yeah, even yesterday when I broke the seal on the helmet, I'm like, oh, man, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm like, I'm never going to fucking sell this. It's always going to be somewhere in my man cave. That is actually hilarious. I am always afraid of opening toys up, you know, taking them off the card because I'm like, what if, what if, what if, what if? And I'm like, no, you're never going to sell this. Yeah, true. Yeah, so that's our little uh, rant talk, whatever, um, musings about collecting in the secondary market. Uh, This, yeah, this week was kind of, I was just super busy, so I had to finish off, like, you know, WrestleMania week. Um, So that essentially ended Tuesday for me the new episode of NXT talk there. Um, and then Wednesday, Thursday, I kind of just, Wednesday, I needed some Boris time. I needed to be alone. I needed to just, you know, um, enjoy myself on my couch. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounded fucking hilarious, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, just chill. and a good, good, good bottle of lotion and <laughs> Kleenex. Uh-huh, uh-huh. My nephew listens Throws to a- this. Please stop. Oh, 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 Okay. <laughs> So you um, threw on some episodes of Big Mouth. I, what was I watching? No, I don't even know. No, I was watching the TFC Champions League game. That's what I was doing. Oh, yes, yes. It was good times. Yeah, that was good times, not yesterday. But uh, <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> I, I, like I always say, we can lose to every team. We can go oh and whatever to every team outside of Montreal. We have to beat Montreal. I know, the snowflakes, they beat us. Yeah bullshit anyways snowflakes um and then yeah just watched regular tv on wednesday it was really weird like nothing geek just actual regular sitcoms or whatever like it was so weird yeah um but i just needed that downtime and then thursday uh it's my gray's anatomy night i gotta get my gray's in station 19 oh my gosh (laughs) oh such a normie Um, i know right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and then it was Friday. So, yeah, I didn't really get too much into kind of what I always watch. I obviously watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I haven't even watched Invincible yet. Invincible. So, that's that. I can you know, watch that it's tonight. okay. Uh, it, it was kind of funny because, like, Thursday was the day after the procedure, and I had to hold my head down. I had to figure out a way to sleep with my face down. Only using the equipment that I had in my house. 
So it's not like I have a professional massage table or something where I could put my head into the toilet pillow thing. So I ended up adapting a pillow that was fit my head perfectly that I usually put between my knees. If I sleep, it's like a knee pillow and you just slide it in there and they sold them at a local like home sense or something like that home outfitters and my head fit perfectly in that. So I, I slept a lot. (laughs) It it was really weird though. See, I sleep. Face I had to down. sleep head down, and what I did was I turned the TFC game on on my phone, and I put it down below my face, and right. watched it on my phone on my bed, propped up with pillows on both sides of me. Hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> it's weird as hell, man. Yeah, yeah. If I ever have a uh, a triple bypass or any bypass, I don't know how I'm gonna sleep face up because I can't sleep face mm. up. I cannot for the life really, of me. Really, I was dying to sleep face up, man. I can't. <sighs> dying. You, do you sleep face down? Yeah. Wow, that's really tough for me. Like, head in the pillow. I'm actually a side sleeper. Mm-hmm. Sleep on my side. Mm-hmm. But if I, if I, between face down and face up, I'd rather face up. I don't know okay. why. No, I'm face down. Um, but I sleep on a really hard mattress. Oh, nah, I'm like, I, that's soft. I find, I like it on my back. It, right. it rejuvenates my back. The old man talk going on here. I love it. Holy cow. I know, right? All right, so I think it's time to move on to the news. I think we've, uh, you know, we've, we've reached our limit of non-actual news talk. Yeah, yeah, right. that, that's met and exceeded. Yep. All right, <laughs> so um, earlier in the week, it was announced that Ryan Coogler, director of Black Panther 2, will in fact be filming in Georgia despite their voting law outcry. So we've seen a lot of boycotts in Georgia because earlier this year, uh, SB 202 was passed in the state and it has a lot of ramifications for voters. So I guess we should start by saying what SB 202 is, right? Yeah, I guess. Like, it's political, ladies and gentlemen. It is political. But it affects <laughs> a lot of what we talk about because Will Smith has yep. said that he's not going to be filming in Georgia. Um, a lot of people say they're not going to be filming in Georgia. A lot of the MCU is filmed in Georgia, so it's very interesting yep. how how huge this is. Um, Major League Baseball moved their All-Star game from Atlanta to um, somewhere else uh, this year. I want to say Denver yep. for some reason, um, but uh, yeah, you know, like this is this is this is major um, because. So here's the thing: anytime that I've seen this reported, people focus on one or two things. Um, you know, people who seem to be pro this bill say that ID will be required for voting by mail. You know, that that was a sticking point in the 2020 elections. We know voting by mail was a sticking point um, because of kind of the way that the laws are there. So anyone who seems Mm -hmm. to be pro this law says, why don't you need an ID to vote? Blah, blah, blah. But this is these are the other things that are included in the bill. So um, it makes it a crime to hand out food or water in a voting line. This includes, you know, if my grandparents were in a line for many hours, I wouldn't be able to help them. I wouldn't be able to give them food. I wouldn't be able to give them water. 
This is punishable by a maximum 1,000 U.S. fine or a year in prison. So only local poll officials can provide water. See, on paper, that sounds okay. But when, you know, a lot of suppression seems to be happening and you have to figure who is in power of these local polling Mm -hmm. sites, you know, you you have a lot to think about. Another thing that is included in this bill... Um, there's going to be fewer Dropbox locations. Absentee voters is going to be less because there's going to be less of these boxes. Um, so, you know, again, you're now you're limiting the number of votes that can even go in. Um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's not like you can... A lot of the people who do use uh, Dropbox locations are people who specifically need them, right? You know, so that's another thing. Uh, Mobile voting centers are banned. So last year, thousands of people in Atlanta voted in polling station on wheels. That's a no-go this year. It's going to be harder to extend voting hours in polling locations uh, because of service interruptions. So even if there are issues, it's going to be half near impossible to extend the hours so that you can actually get your vote in. So if you're in line before the voting station closes and then 8 p.m., or whatever time they close passes, you're SOL. Like, how does that make sense to you? Absentee ballot applications can no longer be mass mailed. So if someone wants to vote by mail, they have to download their own applications. So again, not everyone is connected. You know, if you think about the people who aren't constantly connected, might not have a printer, well, they're SOL. So again, you're restricting who and how you can vote. It guarantees between 17 and 19 days of early in-person voting. That's fine. You know, that's better. Um, But here, this is the one that has given and stuck out to a lot of people. It gives the state legislature, currently, currently controlled by Republicans, more power in election administration. So they basically can choose to close the polling stations. They can choose how many... Um, Dropbox locations and where they're located. They can choose to not extend voting hours, etc., etc., etc. And it gives them powers of, you know, doing recounts. Gives them power of throwing away legit votes, etc. So this is what the bill has. But you're always going to see the two. The major two talking points are, you know, um, makes it a crime to hand someone food or water in a voting line, or ID will be required for voting by mail. But as you can see, it's a lot bigger than, than just that. Yeah, like it's obviously they tacked on a bunch of stuff as this thing evolved. Uh, you know, the biggest thing for me in hearing all this, I know each state gets to, you know, elect or, or decide on how they're going to manage their election, which is fair. That, that's that's what the Constitution in the states enables, I suppose. But, you know, it, it does look a little weird to me. It, it does, it is concerning. But I guess it comes down to, uh, and it, it's amazing to me that I'm going to say this, and I'm not saying it to be inflammatory or anything, but it's like one of the things that's going to have to evolve out of this is that the state's elections are more closely monitored by independent parties like the un or whatever right like or someone yeah like you you look at what's going on and and, you know like the current administration won't acknowledge one of these overseas elections because they're like 
hey, you know what? The UN has to verify that this election was free and that this like it meets these regulatory standards in order for us to recognize this government. And it's almost like the same thing has to happen in certain states in the states. Yep. And that's incredible to me. It's like, I, I don't know how it's defensible from either side. Like, I don't know if it was the Democrats doing it. I'd be equally outraged if it's the Republicans or the Democrats. Yep. It's like voting should be voting. It should be your duty. And when some party is viewed as possibly actively revoking the possibility of it based off of, you know, your connectedness, connectedness, your your ethnicity, anything. And not that these laws shroud that, but they do preclude it yep. in some ways. Yep. So like I mentioned, because of this being passed, there have been a lot of bans, there have been a lot of whatnot um, going on. So, you know, like I mentioned, MLB's not going there. A lot of uh, um, filming is not going there anymore. But as I mentioned, Ryan Coogler uh, said in a new op-ed published that, um, this is a direct quote, when I was informed of the passage of S. B202 in the state and its ramifications for the state's voters. I was profoundly disappointed. Uh, while I wish to turn my concern into action, I cannot do so without first being educated on the specifics of Georgia. Having now spoken with voting right activists in the state, I have come to understand that many of the people employed by my film, including all the local vendors and businesses we engage, are the very same people who will bear the brunt of SB202. For those reasons, I will not be engaging in a boycott, a boycott of Georgia. Uh, Coogler then says that he intends to continually speak out about SB202 and its effects and ways to overturn it, as well as donating to appropriate organizations. Um, Coogler also says, uh, you know, that he wants the Senate to further consider passing, um, you know, seeing if they can stop this. So, you know. I think yeah. that this is the perfectly acceptable way of going about it. You know, I think that it's there pretty were, moderate. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of knee jerk reactions. Um, and, and anytime that someone moves, so especially with the MLB, when they moved the game away from Atlanta, I was on a lot of sports um, forums. And a lot of people said, you know, the irony here is that you're taking away from the people who are going to be affected by this vote. And I understand that, you know, these companies, these unions, these whatever, they want to hurt, you know, the 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 state legislators in the pocket. They want to show action, you know, but this is the big picture. The day to day, the people who you're directly hurting are, in fact, the people who are being oppressed by this uh, new act. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you have to figure out kind of and find a moderate middle middle ground to this. And I think that what Ryan Coogler is doing is the appropriate action because, mm -hmm. you know, you can't, you know, take away the carrot and hit him with a stick. And because <laughs> the people who you're actually hitting with a stick are the people who you want to help in the big picture, but you're actually hurting them a lot more. Um, and I hate using the carrot stick analogy because... <laughs> Phil knows exactly why. Um, I know why. Yeah. You know, so, oh, MLS and their stuff. <laughs> so, you know, what do you think, Phil? How, how do you feel about all this? I, uh, very similar. Like, I, I, I think Kugler's taking an approach that's moderate and balanced and well-informed. Um, 
it's good that Disney are allowing each production unit to make its choice and not I'm really happy about the idea that so far anyhow Disney hasn't made it a command on high that they have to stay out of Atlanta type thing or Georgia because of these politics because Disney let's face it they they make political decisions they they get their hands dirty in this look at the Gina Carano thing just look at their content and whatnot. So I think it's kind of cool that, yeah, it's not, it's not a knee jerk reaction. I think the world is getting tired of knee jerk reactions. Yep. I know I am. I am too. And, and, and yeah, I'm, the I'm, past administration did it for four years. It was all knee jerk and it was all on Twitter. Yep. And major league baseball played right into that. Yep. That's the opinion. issue. That's the issue right there. You know, I'm as moderate as they come. I'm as liberal as they come. Um, but, you know, even being a liberal, you can't do knee-jerk reactions because you have to look at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture of just removing everything from Georgia is that you are actually hurting the people who you're trying to help. So is this just yeah. virtue signaling or are you actually trying to make a difference? You know, so that's that's the issue it's, that I have with knee-jerk reactions. It's an awful lot like uh, cancel culture and the discussions around that, Bingo. right? Because people are knee-jerking and they're trying to just lambaste or react to hurt yep. somebody. And it's, you know, to borrow a phrase from the past, old man Phil, it's cutting your nose off despite your face. You yep. know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it really is, a, a, you know, a past <laughs> comment like that, like... It's amazing to me that this is probably, it's not the first time and it won't be the last time that we're into this cycle of reactionary politics and reactionary legislation and whatnot. And it's just sad, right? It's like, you got to see past it and Kugler's doing that, in my opinion, at least from what I hear. I'm I'm sure there's a breaking point. I'm sure there's something that, that might tip the scales into a more active position and whatnot. But he's trying to change it by informing people, by making a stand, and by helping the community that, like you pointed out, would be the one that gets injured the most by any reactionary stance that that yep. would be more harsh, like pulling the production. So, you know, but at the same rate, I sit there and I go, hey, every production that gets pulled from Georgia has a chance of coming up here to Canada. Right, exactly. and I, I gotta say, like a little greedy me. Aside from the fact we've got a COVID fire raging out of control, <laughs> it, yep. uh, I sit there and I go, "Well, our economy could probably use this and its bounce back." Right? That's Panther you know, in the snow. <laughs> you bring up a very interesting thing. Um, you know, a lot of people have talked about kind of like you know the economy, and I'm not saying the economy hasn't been decimated up here, but since the summer. You know that there has been record number of things being filmed up here. So I kind of want to take a deeper look into the numbers because I'm sure that the just sheer amount of filming that's been happening and they've been able to film more because of the lack of people on the streets. Um, and just so that all of our listeners know that are outside of GTA and Ontario, you know, here in Ontario, we're back in, you know, stay at home orders. We're locked down as lockdown can be. Nothing is open, essentially, um, unless you're essential, essentially essential. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, for me, it'll be interesting to kind of see as things are filming, 
you know, I'm sure it's helped a little bit in the grand scheme of things. Um, so, you know. Yeah, like I, I think they shut down most of downtown Toronto last weekend for uh, How I Met Your Mother, Barney Stinson guy. Yeah. Um, he was filming a movie here. Yeah, Neil so Patrick Harris. It, yep. Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. I was going to say different, Neil. Anyhow, yeah, no, like that. that's... um. It's good to see that that industry is surviving and whatnot, but yeah, we're not in a great COVID zone right now. And I know that comparatively, when I look at all that, it's nothing compared to what the states went through, but it's alarming enough for us just because of hospital capacity and yep. yada, yada, yada. Yep. So, and hey, it's a weird time, man. We got authoritarian Ontario government coming in and telling us we can't be outside. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and you so know what? Weird. This is going to be my one... My one comment about that. Canadians need to stop poking fun and saying we are better than the state because oh God, look no. at what happens, right? Anyways, yeah. we're going to move on. We're, we're no different. We are no different, my friend. Yep. We're, we're all in on. this together. So, yep. Pff, yeah, right. Um, PlayStation 5. Play, this has been a pretty big week for PS5. We finally got their big update. We're going to be talking about that in a second. But I want to talk about other things that's happened on PS5. Which kind of makes me laugh because I don't know about listeners everywhere else, but here in Toronto, GTA, Ontario, it is still half near impossible to get a PS5. I still don't know how we got you one, Phil. I I am in constant awe of this, to be honest, because my friends are all asking me about this product, this system, and I have no clue how the hell you guys pulled this off. Like... It, it it's it's amazing to me because I I just it just seems to not exist, right? Like I I I pan over and I look at it right now and I go, holy shit, it is here! Like yeah. I was playing it last night. Like, yeah. man, I I I, you know, I, I my idea was this: Hey, look, you know, Christmas. We're gonna get through Christmas, and then these things are just gonna be everywhere. You you're gonna throw a stone and hit ten PS fives. Right? You're going to walk into Walmart and there's going to be a pyramid of PS5s. That's how it was with PS4. Like, it came out in November. By Christmas, you can be lucky, walk into a store at the right time, and they would be on the shelves. Yeah, because of COVID, things are different now. But even online, it's half near impossible to land one. Yep. I I get the notifications because my newsfeed loops into them. And it's so funny because it's like, PS5 in stock now. Best Buy update sold out. Yep. <laughs> it's just, it, I don't know. Is it the scammers? Is it the is it the 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 it bots? Is. Like, are these guys just sitting on a mountain of PS5s and as they dither away into a normalized price? Yep. And going, oh man, I'm gonna get my money back. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Um, it's. You know what is on the market and you can easily find on every website and probably in actually in store too because this site that I'm looking at now says that they're also available in stores. That is Xbox <laughs> Series S. Yeah, I, I when the stores were open, I went to my local EB to pick up an item. I bought a... a multimedia remote for the ps5 which was actually hard to find yeah for some reason almost everywhere was sold out yep um i go in i pick that up and i'm like hey do you have any xbox series x 
booting around? And the guy's like, God, no, but I've got this S. And he points to it on the wall. And sure enough, there's the box that I'm looking at. It goes, it's going to be there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> they even are like, don't buy this. Yeah, and to be fair, honestly, even Xbox Series X, you can easily find, like, I've had it on my cart staring at it. And I'm like, should I or shouldn't I? Should I or shouldn't mm-hmm. I? Um, but I've always opted not to just because I'll, I'll get it when there's more games. Right now, it's literally to pay to play Game Pass. Yeah, it's 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 crazy to think how badly Microsoft crapped the bed on this one. Well, like this was a lock of a launch. This was because the Xbox One was a disaster. Yep. Like remember the 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 dueling banjos of 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 Spencer getting up there and oh we're gonna transform multimedia you know making all these promises about the future of gaming that was completely yep. off the mark. Yep. And then Sony are like, oh shit, we had the same presentation. Um, let's get some crayons and make a new presentation tomorrow. Yep. And literally like deconstructed the console's launch to not be what it was intended. It sidelined games for years. Yep. It had repercussions that were unimaginable to the industry at that time. And we ended up coming full circle to where they were originally pivoting off of before to having this digital only locked in experience of, of, of gaming to have them completely crap the bed again, just off of a single title. Here's in Halo. Exactly. All of this is caused because of Halo. Now, Phil, before we get to this PlayStation five news and sale figures, and talk about an update. I have a question for you, a legit question. Mm-hmm. Do you think Microsoft invested so much money in Game Pass with MLB, with all those exclusive games for day one releases, and in Bethesda and other companies because they knew that they were in a hole because of Halo? Or do you think that this was actually the plan from day one? Oh, I think they're, I think, like, let, let, let's look at the lay of the land before the Xbox Series X was out. The Xbox was basically the console that you got as a secondary console mm-hmm. because there were no real first party titles, right? There are, like, I know people are going to get upset about that, but come on, man. Crackdown 3 is not a AAA title, all right? AAA exclusive titles are eluding the Xbox. The only ones that you can really categorize are like the Halos and the Forza Horizons slash Motorsport and all that. So they're in-house productions, all right? When, when you're in that position and under that much scrutiny, I think a Bethesda acquisition is probably going to happen regardless of Halo. Mm-hmm. However, However, I think that the vacuum of Halo has forced uh, uh, Microsoft to go out and pull out of the bank a lot of dump trucks of money to get Outriders Day 1 on Game Pass, to get MLB The Show on Game Pass, to, to really push Game Pass, I think was part of the strategy all along with the Xbox Series X, but I definitely think it it rattled them. I agree. It, it's yeah. 
I think it sped things up. I think that the acquisition and the and kind of the search for studios was deep because clearly, you know, it takes a long time to actually acquire a company. You have to look in the books and make sure that it's a legit acquisition before you put an offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that they were deep into negotiations, but I have a feeling that that, that the Halo um, announcements about it being delayed that happened in the middle of the summer rushed and expedited a lot of these things. And as you say, that's when they were starting to load the dump truck full of money to these studios to make sure that they got their games on Game Pass day one. Yeah, I mean, it's not unusual because of COVID, right? That's another wrinkle in all this. But we saw Disney have to pivot towards Disney Plus a lot harder than maybe they were originally planning because they were trying to go for a more balanced release schedule with theaters. They were, you know, and they have your whole uh, theme park business and all that. All that money evaporated. And I think it made for a lot of choices that they had to do in the marketplace. Yeah that completely felt uh, unnatural for them, but it was the only lifeline that they had into the market. This is where Microsoft is. They they have no product yep, for exactly. their product. Exactly. So what it's are they going to do? Oh, we got Game Pass, man. Let's get Game Pass going. And and you're leaning into a game like Outriders, and no offense to Outriders, it's, it's a competent middle-of-the-ground game. It's not... It, it, it's the biggest game we've had in a while, and it released in spring. Yeah, during the COVID stuff, that's all. That it's slim pickings out there, ladies and gentlemen, for titles, right? Like, man, oh man, I look at my PS5 and I go, it's mostly just re-releases of titles like that. And you're gonna get we have more. the PS5 version. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get more because you know it was last week they were talking about a Last of Us, the first one, remaster. Yeah. Redo. This is the this is the second redo. Because remember, they did. No, this will be the third. Well, the second or, sorry, redo. second redo. Yeah, because yeah, remember, third time the game will be released. People forget the Last of Us was a PlayStation Three title. Exactly, and then they made a remastered for the four. And oh my gosh, it's so crazy to think yeah. about how much, how often they go to that trough. Mass Effect, <laughs> legendary. You know that's gonna yeah. be coming out soon. I'm gonna get it. I miss Me too. Those games. I miss playing those games a lot. But yep. it's just really funny, kind of where we're at. Um, I okay, know. so I, I bought I bought Republic Commando this week on the <laughs> PS4 because I'm like, oh man, they did it like in full widescreen and everything instead yeah. of the barred version. And I'm yeah. like, sitting there last night playing Republic Commando because twenty bucks. Hey, all right. Like, how many times can you take that money? Out? Out of my pocket, and I'm yep. willing to do it. Yep, <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. Um, so PlayStation Five in its first five months on the market, the PlayStation Five has become not only the fastest selling console in dollars sales; they are now the fastest selling console in units. I have to ask though, where are these <laughs> units? <laughs> uh, the sneaker guys have them. Underneath yeah. the sneaker boxes, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, like it's, it's great. definitely so, not in the hands of people. Here's let me let me let me let me tell you a story because I know this cousin doesn't listen to the show. I have a cousin. I shouldn't. I don't even know why I opened with that. 
<laughs> I just should have said, I know someone. I have a cousin. Um, he lives in L.A., and he subscribes to some service. Uh, and essentially, the service gives you access to a bunch of bots, I'm assuming. And these bots will send you links and codes. So this motherfucker, um, th- th- this guy, <laughs> has... Yeah. I'm using motherfucker in the, like, this is the issue sense. You know, anytime that there's a a restock in PlayStation, he ends up getting one or two. Like, this guy has literally bought, I think, seven or eight systems. Why? <laughs> like, are they actually selling on the secondary market? They are, 100%. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's the um, sad part. I think, and I, you know, I'm going to... Give him credit, because I think he's selling them to his friends at cost. I've seen him post. Hey, that's great. You know, that's great. But, you know, but this is the issue, Phil, because not everyone is going to do that. A lot of people are going to take these orders, and they're going to double their money. And people are going to pay for it. A lot of people want the PlayStation 5 still. Um, and it's not just for uh, for for PlayStation 5s. Like, this guy gets exclusive sneakers. This guy gets links to everything, basically, right? Anything that you have to wait in line for. That's on online only purchase. He gets a link for through this service. So tough, man. Like I get it. There's sometimes you want something so bad, but I think collecting like that becomes a problem. Yeah. Because you're just collecting for the sake of collecting and you're just going to pile stuff up and it's not going to mean anything, but People have to realize out there, if you're going on eBay or one of these sites where these guys are selling this stuff and paying the inflated price, all right, you're just part of the problem Yep. at that point. You got to have some discipline and some patience. And I know it's tough, man. I know lockdowns and all this stuff and home entertainment and all these things. Like, I'm happy that I have mine, but we didn't have to pull any freaking jobs to do it it was it was fortune meets except for the hand you know yeah exactly so like you gotta stop like there's no way i would have paid a penny over what the cost actually is on this right and that it's okay to lean on friends and it's good if your cousin's doing that and and getting them into the hands of people who want it that i i can't knock but, I, it's, but it, he's still supporting that service. Yes. That, you know what I mean? That that does that kind of stuff. It, it's, And that service is fundamentally flawed. Yep. And the people participating in it, by and large, are profiteering off of it. And well, it's a, I don't know you how know, you sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that was the beauty about kind of like TFC and the way that we handled scalpers here. Because TFC was the hottest ticket in Toronto for the longest time. People were selling these games at insane prices. Um, yep. And, you know, luckily, you know, we as the Red Patch Boys were able to get enough asses in seats. We were able to off, you know, we had rules in place that would get asses in seats and the right asses in seats. Um, you know, so yep. if, you know, you or I couldn't go, we would make sure that the right person, a actual fan, someone who really wanted to go, was going to go. And, you know, one of the things that we did was can't sell a cent over asking price, over listed price, right? You know, things like yep. that. And I, I know that, like, you know, the 
many fights that me, you, and Jack had with scalpers, you know, at the end of the day really helped um, because it kind of normalized the, the market also helped that the team sucked and expanded the stadium, but you know it's it, it was still a hot ticket, right, for many years. Yeah, yeah, you know, especially when opposing teams early on, it was all about our team and the atmosphere, and then it became about sometimes certain games about the visiting teams, Beckham. stars. Beckham game would be, you know, the I fact that we even played. refer to. <laughs> as the Beckham game, right? Like, that just goes to show you. Yep. And it, it goes back to our thread about collectibles, right? Like, I I have the I have the ticket to that game. What am I going to do with it? I'm going to go to the freaking game and enjoy it. Like, I'm going to open the collectible and enjoy it, you know? Or, or I'm going to enjoy it on card, but it's still mine and I'm not going to sell it yep. type thing. And when you can't go to that game it's your responsibility and that's something that we impressed upon the group and the group impressed upon us it's a bi-directional relationship as far as that goes but it's about getting a loud fan in there that wants to be there for a, a an adjusted normalized price yep. you know we always had to battle the fact that we paid less than yes. the cover price on the ticket so there was a little bit of the wiggle room in there because if a ticket said 35 bucks and you sold it for 35 bucks and you really only paid 20 for it, then, you know, there was all these things applied to those numbers and whatnot. So you only had certain things that you could comply to. But we all know the price of a PlayStation 5 in whatever country or zone that you're in. Its price is its price. Yep. So... It's not a difficult thing to ascertain, to hold on to, and to enforce. Yep. I, I really dislike scalper culture. Same here. So PS5 has become the fastest selling console in U.S. history in dollar sales and units sold. So despite this record, Nintendo Switch continued its reign, its dominance on the market um, with hardware sales in both units and dollar sales because they were actually number one. In March 2021. However, the PS5 did rank first in hardware dollar sales in Q1 2021. Um, so that's really good. Now, here's some in interesting numbers, Phil. March video game hardware dollar sales as a whole were 47% higher than they were in March 2020. Jeez. Think about that. 47% wow. higher in the second year of lockdown than when everyone was locked down. That's crazy. Yep. Crazy numbers. It set a March record of $680 million. This is just for hardware. Oh, my God. Yep. So year-to-date oh hardware spending has totaled $1.4 billion, which is also an increase of 81% year over oh. year. Obviously, having two new systems helps, but... Those numbers are insane. As for games, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War returned to the top spot in March 2021 for some reason. Um, so it's the uh, best-selling title of both the first quarter and 12-month period ending March 2021. Um, Nintendo Switch exclusive Monster Hunter Rise claimed the number two spot and has become the second best-selling Monster Hunter game in terms of dollar sales only trailing monster hunter world 
Outriders yeah. rounded out the top three and also claimed the number three spot on both Xbox and PlayStation platforms. Think about that. People are still yeah. buying Outriders on Xbox, even though if you pay a fee, you get it for free. This is why I think the MLB thing wasn't as big as they claimed it was. Yeah, you know, it's it's, but there's also this element of people that are fearful. I don't know when the expiry date of Outriders is, like when it comes off the service or if it will come off the service. As we found out when we're playing like Marvel Avengers, it turns out that that's going to go off in three months. So it yeah. signed the minimum viability <laughs> term for for its endeavor on PlayStation. Now, you have to remember with Monster Hunter World. That launched on multiple platforms. That yep. was PlayStation, Xbox, or PlayStation PC. You know what I mean? Like, like that's it, quite a triumph for that title and for the Switch. I got like hats off to that. Like, that's that's an incredible statistic to me. Yep. And and you know even even last year's Animal Crossings, like what was it, thirty one million copies sold, physical copies. That's an insane number. Yeah, and we're not even tracking digital sales, right? Like, that's the, yeah. the insane part. We're not tracking digital sales. That's just hard hardware, like hard copies. All right, so uh, Mario, Kate, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came in at number six, and has also become Jeez. the best-selling racing game in U.S. history. Speaking of Mario, Super Mario 3D All-Stars rose from 16th to 9th place from last month, with sales increasing due to the infamous day mario dies so yeah you know like mario is is gold yep it's good games are good games man mario kart stands and what nintendo did by using the same methods that disney uses kind of their vault you know yeah fucking brilliant because people are buying this game like mad if you go to a store and you see a secondhand copy you should just see the prices that any Mario game that was put in the vault has been increased too. It's just brilliant. Um, Because, you know, the same would happen with Disney movies. I remember when Mulan was going into the vault, people were going mad. You couldn't find that anywhere. It took my brother, Juan, forever to find it. It was hilarious, you know? So this whole vault stuff, brilliant. Man, oh man, I didn't know Juan was a huge Mulan fan. He's not. He just wanted it before (laughs) went into the vault. Um, I'm just or, having fun. Come on. I know. So March 2021, <laughs> consumer spending across video game hardware content and accessories reached a March record of $5.6 billion. 18% higher compared to 2020. Isn't that crazy? Insane. It's insane. Like, this, so, this is... It goes back to something I brought up on the show before. It's amazing to me. It's just absolutely mind-blowing that in one sense, you're seeing people line up for food in right. certain parts of, of North America, right? Like, uh, no judgment. No judgment at all. My God. We got to feed our families. We have to... Uh, dignity. All of this stuff. It's so hard. My heart, like, literally bleeds for these people. But then on the other side... <laughs> Like the sales are going crazy, and I'm not trying to e- equate those people who are suffering with the 
the types of purchases that are going on, but it just seems like the gap is huge. Yeah, that's between the, thing. the haves and have nots. Yep, that's that's exactly what's happening, Phil. The gap is getting bigger um, as the middle class is 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 becoming no more. This gap is becoming bigger. But you know, it, when you take a look at these sales and what's happening in the world something's not adding up, right? Like, it's really weird. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting stuff. So all of these hardware sales are impressive, especially when you consider the fact that what have we been talking about for the past many months? More, longer, or longer than a lot of news outlets have been talking about this issue. Oh, so, about the, the chip shortages. Yep. So isn't it right? crazy? Like, and I think people are starting to also get these um, purchases in for this reason. Uh, so when you think also, you know, when you think about the semiconductor shortage, when you think of the fact that there's going to be a Switch Pro, when you think of a lot of these factors, you know, seeing that the Switch is still selling like mad, it's just, it's it's impressive. This is, this is all around yeah. impressive for the video game industry. The Switch to me is the least surprising surprise because it's damn good, it's portable, and it it, it, the adults play it as much as the kids, all right? Like, to me, that isn't the shocker. It's it's The shocker is is how much appetite there continues to be and probably how everybody is investing in the fact that, oh, you know what? My daughter is going to want to switch light. My daughter and son are going to want switch lights. And then when we game on the big TV, we're going to game on the Switch regular because we can yep. play it on the TV. Yep. Like that's that's the impressive penetration that Nintendo has with their product, um, you know. Like like I also think that there's a dynamic of okay, like let's just take if my experience is let's say the normal experience because I know that there's a lot of frontline workers that end up making shit wage, doing a shit job, like having to stock shelves at the grocery store or whatever and put themselves in the line of danger with COVID. But by and large, most of the working world that, that filled those business towers and whatnot all pivoted and went home. Yep. And now I'm not paying for gas. Yep. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like my overhead for food, gas, and all these other expenses, clothes, like now it's like, hmm, which pair of pajamas do I buy? Yep. Instead of, oh, I need to get this fit you know, XYZ pair of pants for work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that means that the disposable cash pile goes up for stupid purchases like video games, like content for video games, and like entertainment because you got idle time and twiddling fingers and you're yep. sitting there going, ah, I'm going to rent that movie. I'm going to do this. I'm going to yep. subscribe to that service. Yeah, that's... And I think that that's what's fueling this industry. That's what's stoking the fire. So to me, when all of this COVID stuff starts to disappear, and let's hope it does, everybody. Like, I really don't want to be the guy that's doom patrolling on this. But let's just say the fingers click, and later this fall, or whatever the time frame is, we return back to work. That's going to be nasty to reconcile my spending at that point. Now, I'm buying the gas. I'm buying the coffee. You know who? I'm buying the food. You know who I feel sorry for at that point? Before we get to the list of top 20 sales, um, the people who moved 
out of downtown Toronto because it's too expensive because they don't have the bars. They yeah. don't have the necessities around their, 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 the, 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 the access to stuff. They don't need it anymore. Yep. So they moved outside of the city um, or they bought a house outside of the city because they don't need to be in the city because they're not going into an office anymore. I feel sorry for those people who then realize they have to actually get back to the city somehow. Yeah, well, a lot of workplaces are going to be doing this hybrid thing where it's in and out, but it's still pretty tough, man, when you're talking about the fact that you walk to work in the path or or had a nice day outside that you could walk to work above ground and get nope. the fresh air and the and the pigeon poo on you. When you turn around and you say, oh, well, now that's an hour and a half commute. And let's just say everybody else is doing it and our infrastructure obviously is not updated to take the capacity. That means that that first day going back into the office is going to be crap times 100. Yep. And it's going to be crap times 100 for 100 days because that's all the kids going back to school. That's all the stuff, all the congestion, all of it is yep. just going to be infuriating yep. for people. It's going to be crazy. And you know what? Like, let's buy SUVs and, and pickup trucks that guzzle gas. Like, I'll get a mile. Like, you know what I mean? Like, terrible fuel economy. Yeah. And let's just idle our way to oblivion <laughs> on the highway. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see. That's why, like, you know, I can see rent in the city going down more and more. But we'll have this conversation another day. So let's talk about yep. March 2021 best-selling games. I'm looking at the list in front of me. We're going to go through all 20 because there's a lot of surprises up and down the list. So um, number 20, FIFA 21. Number 19, Super Mario Party. Number 18, NBA 2K21. Number 17, Madden, NFL, 21. Number 16, The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Isn't that crazy? Hey, you know, to me, it's like you go out, you get a Switch. What's the game you want to get? Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's incredibly difficult and somewhat listless. I, I struggled in that game, but I loved everything that I saw and was able to do. I mm-hmm. just, yeah. It's yep. crazy. It looks great. It's but great it's, it's it's to me it's crazy that a four year old game is still or a five year old game. But that's four nin- five year old n- game still. Nothing shocks me with Nintendo, man. I know, but that's what I mean. That's the thing. I know that we're acting shocked, but none of this shocks me. Anyways, fifteen. No. Crash Bandicoot four. It's about time. So the reason why uh, it's on the top twenty list is because it's out on the Switch now. Uh gotcha. Yep. I was going to say, you know, FIFA 21, that, that boost up was probably Stadia. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Number 14, Mortal Kombat 11. Number 13, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Number 12, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Number 11, Holy cow. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number 10, this one surprised me, Minecraft. Wow. Interesting. Yep. Uh, Number 9, interesting. Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Number eight, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. Number seven, <laughs> Assassin's Creed, Valhalla. Number six, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number five, uh, Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Number four, Super Mario 3D World. Number three, <sighs> Outriders. Number two, Monster Hunter Rise. Number one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War somehow. I 
can't believe how much Nintendo penetration. Like I right. say that, I do believe it, but it's it it does make me laugh. Every time I was laughing there, I'm like, holy cow, that's another Nintendo title. The the prevalence of of how much Nintendo is on there is a little bit disarming. Yeah, that game, that company could put poop on a cartridge and it would sell. Yep. I it's it's just amazing to me. That's and it fuels their arrogance. And that's what's amazing to me. We're going to make cardboard shit for kids to break and and use. Yep. And you know what? People will love it. There is going to be even if it bombs, there's going to be the secondary market that comes out, man. Oh man, I got I got pristine cardboard. Ready to go, like I, in, new in box, pristine, new in <laughs> cardboard and cardboard. Mike, my, my, my box is in a box and it's new and it says Nintendo on it. Like, amazing. amazing. I saw one of those, one of those um, whole sets, literally on the side of the street. Someone was just like, you know, for free, take it, please. Oh, it's it's. So odd, man, and like everybody that I know, I didn't do it, but bought one of those um, exercise things for the 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 switch and whatnot, the the hoop thing. It's amazing. It's just amazing how much they they throw at the wall, and I, I love that that they have the financial confidence to to take the chances that they do. That's that's how we win as gamers. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's kind of like anyone who bought. Uh, Rockstar, right? Like that, that or Guitar Hero, or, or whatever. Yeah, those things. It's just like, <sighs> all right. So, what are they? Are they going for big money? No, oh god, no. Oh god, people are yeah. like. But it was fun, money. man. It was a good. It was a good fad. It was a great fad. I was never into it. Um. All right. So, PS Five update. Did you update your system? Oh, clearly you did. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. God, yeah. So the big one all over was. That. PS5 storage expansion and management. So now you can store games externally. You can play PlayStation 4 games on the external hard drive, and you can switch PS5 games from internal to external, but you have to play PS5 games on the internal drive. Yeah, which, you know what? This is this is a pet peeve that a lot of people had out there where it was like you download the game, you couldn't move it. Obviously, you can't play it on an external hard drive because of the speed recommendations or, or necessitations. I invented a word there. Anyhow, a lot of people criticized the console for that. And Sony came out and released this update. It fixed it. It means the games are more mobile. It seems to me like the, the transfer rate on the hard drive is a lot quicker than it used to be on the PS4 mm -hmm. because I have a three or two terabyte external from my PS4 on the PS5, and I regularly boot games. If it's a PS4 game that I download, I regularly boot it over to the hard drive just to keep that 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 drive free. But it's nice to know that if you spend a lot of time, you download the game. Like, let's say when the, the Cyberpunk PS5 one comes out, it's going to be 100 gigabytes or something. Ridiculous then it's good to know that you can just throw it over onto the hard drive. Yeah. And throw it back yeah. and play it, you know, at minimal prep. Yeah, I agree. It's just the size of these games. Like, I get it, but oh, oh my God. 
It's nuts, man. man. It's, it's nuts. Crazy. I, I, that's why I hate Call of Duty. Like, I, well, first of all, I don't play it online, but secondly, it, the game is just this pig on the hard drive. It's just constantly downloading, downloading, downloading updates and patches and everything. And I'm just like, I just want to play the campaign. Yeah, it's amazing to me. So. I don't. There's some other quality of life improvements. I don't know if you noticed in the friends list. It's a, it's divided now. You have chats and you yep. have friends. Um, yeah, a bunch of social features. Yeah, now it, it is funny because when I first got the PS5, one of my friends on PS4, he's like in a party with me, and he's like, "Oh, share your screen, do a share player. I want to see what it's like." And I'm like, "All right," and it didn't work. And I didn't yeah. know why. And I thought, well, maybe it's because I'm gaming in 4K and he's not. Like, maybe it's something to do with nope. the video signal. does not. But nope, it turns out that that was not working. Yeah. And they fixed it in this update. So I'm kind of curious to see his reaction to the PS5 over that feature. Because, yep. you know, we can't game together. So, or yep. we can't be in the same room together to look at it. So, Yeah, the PS app got updates and i think the other major updates of note are that it improves hdr and 120 hertz support yeah you can turn hdr off now so you get sdr um which is a nice to be able to toggle that and yeah 120 hertz for 1080p gaming not for 4k so 1080p 120 hertz i know i'm a geek on that stuff yeah no bring up those seats that's good i like it um, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty big week for uh, for PlayStation, to say the least. Did I got a question for you? Yes, you upgraded yours, right? Yes. It went really fast. I didn't Did notice it? because I keep my system on. I live on the oh. on, I I live on I live on the wild side. Oh wow! I live dangerously. Okay, so I I shut mine off. I turned it on the other day, knowing that this patch was out. It gave me a little thing that said, hey, the new patch is out. Would you like to update? And I said, click update. And I'm thinking, all right, it's going to be like the four, and I'm going to get the screen that goes, and then it's going to reboot, and then it's going to do its whole kerfuffle thing. And you know what? I'm like, did it download? Is it downloading? I don't understand. Then a whole bunch of game downloads came in. I'm looking at it. I'm like, I'm just going to reboot the console because it didn't ask to be rebooted which is weird to me and i was thinking maybe it would reprompt me to download the update i rebooted it and yeah everything was applied and good and it, it seemed to tackle it way more seamlessly than the ps4 does yeah the only thing that didn't go well for me was the controller update there is a controller update um oh and for some reason i think it's the cable that i use because i have one of those third-party long-ass cables um it wasn't picking up that something was connected um mm. and then I, I noticed that sometimes i would insert the usb into the controller and it wouldn't charge but then i did it again little slower and it would pick it up so i think it's mainly um i think it's the cable anyways Long story short, I wasn't able to update the controller software. Interesting. Well, I'm going to be doing that after our recording session today. I'm going to update my controller, man. That's that's the life I lead. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we're going to still talk about video games, and we're going to talk about the video game news because acquisitions, acquisitions, acquisitions seem to be the big thing, um, especially when you take a look at the strategy that, Microsoft is using. Um, Bloomberg reported 
earlier this week that there is interest from several buyers to acquire Square Enix. Um, however, <clears throat> this report is not based on any announcements by Square Enix Holdings. Um, we do not consider selling off the company of any of its business, nor have we received any offer from any third party to acquire. So basically, Square Enix is saying, not true. This isn't happening. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Yeah, I, I, I would think that this basically goes into uh, an area of they have a successful game out in Outriders. They kind of missed the mark with Avengers, as we know. Um, I think that it 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 draws interest from parties that might be curious on an acquisition front because they've gotten this product out and it's and it's relatively it is popular as we discussed it's in the top three of game selling you know it's it's a dry spell though i i think that it's a really volatile and dangerous time in the game market that's not going to hold it's 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 so based off of the conditions of what is the market during covid and lockdowns that it it well i guess it's normalizing in the states a little bit comparatively but it's still a, a volatile thing i i don't trust any of these numbers or production from these companies uh for that so it's interesting to see maybe it's anecdotal that yeah. it's on the heels of a success like that but they definitely i've heard that people are curious about acquiring it yeah you know yep. you got final fantasy you got a lot of great titles in there you got a lot of success and sony's like splashing around the cash too because they they dropped another 200 million into epic this week yep yep so you know what i was watching a little bit on that last night and i'm thinking watching fortnite stuff and i've never played fortnite in my life mm -hmm. i have never played it and I actually debated last night about playing it, but then I talked myself out of it because yeah, like, that's that not my took game. like a whole two seconds. But, I'm sure. You know the graphics and everything look interesting, and the whole idea of the, of the sandbox, right? It's it's the actual foundation of the game that repul that repulses me. It keeps me away from it because I'm not into that arena style stuff, but. It's just so cool to see Master Chief and you know what I mean? Like and and Sony and Microsoft and pop culture all merging into this thing. And it's it's gotta be mind blowing for Epic. Yeah. Because really, at the core of it, People Can Fly was part of Epic. And they're the ones that made Outriders. They made Bulletstorm. They made Gears of War. They were a big like this company is born out of Gears of War. And obviously, Epic, we're kind of like, eh, we're done in that. We're done in that area. We're we're moving on to the Fortnite world, and that's yep. where that game came out of, right? It's yep. it's amazing. Yep, exactly. So, this is an interesting bit of news here, and you know, CD Projekt Red. We've talked a lot about it here, and we've mm -hmm. talked kind of, you know, all the rumors and bullshit rumors and stories. Phil, you and I can write a story and then millions of people will probably believe it. Um, I remember seeing on a reputable site this week basically saying that they've heard rumblings that CD Projekt Red is ready to call it a day with Cyberpunk. And it's like, no, they're not. Yeah. They've said many I've times that, that that's not the case. 
I know, and it, it really fueled up around the whole idea that CD Projekt Red came out and made a statement that they weren't going to release an online standalone game, that they were reconsidering or retooling their approach on that. This, you know, and people read between the lines and, and present speculation as fact. It's yep. unbelievable. Unbelievable. Because I'm like, there's no way, if you look at this company, there's no way that they're going to drop this product while it's sitting there and in an un- incomplete state. You know what I mean? Like, they're just getting this thing on the rails. There's, there's heavy talk about it returning to the PlayStation Store yep. now. Like patch 1.2 is delivering. 1. You know what I mean? Yeah, 1.21 yeah, because there was another one this week. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the year that CD Projekt Red had. Um, so CD Projekt Red pulled in 2.139 billion Polish zlotys. Uh, so the Polish dollars, which equates to about, let me take a look at this i lost my place because i'm an idiot 562.5 million dollars that's a good chunk of change yep for revenue for a game you know remember basically they refunded yep remember 2.139 billion um for revenue and 1.154 billion um in net profit so that equates to 303.5 million um, the company said hmm. these numbers have not been formally audited, so the actual numbers after auditing might be slightly different, um, and their earnings report is going to be on April 22nd. So, you know, that kind of gives you an idea, you know, kind of where we're going. Um, so it goes to show you kind of the power that Cyberpunk 2077 had, regardless of all the issues, because in 2019, CD Projekt Red made 521 Polish dollars for the entire year, with net profit reaching 175, so about four times less than what they did with Cyberpunk 2077. Amazing. And you know what? Like, I bought that game twice. Yep. Not gonna lie. And I, yeah. Good for them. Like, imagine if it worked as well as they wanted it to. I'm not saying it's broken, but I'm, I'm going to say that it it wasn't great. Was was definitely a difficult launch for yep. them. Yep. And it's that's unfortunate. Yep. So the CEO, Adam Kaczynski, has said abandoning the game is not an option. Um, patch 1.2 has 500 fixes came out in March 1.21 has more um so you know they're basically saying while the full picture isn't clear at the moment commentary from CD Projekt Red management has suggested that the planned standalone Cyberpunk 27 multiplayer game may no longer happen um because right now they're focused on the issues and then after they are going to release an expansion. So, you know, and this is something yeah. that CD Projekt Red has announced that, you know, the main two worlds that they're going to build games on off of is Cyberpunk 2077 and The Witcher. So we're going to get standalone games, AAA titles based in those worlds. It's a great strategy, man. I'm telling you, I'm the cyberpunk of of the two. I would I would prefer to be in this futuristic dirty world 
than running around the muck and the monsters and the witching and all that kind of stuff. But it's a great strategy, man. It it, it really, I I think that's why we're fans. Yep. And here's the other thing that, you know, where a lot of speculation about what this multiplayer project is going to be, and that is because the Polish government has given CD Projekt Red $7 million uh, to research seamless multiplayer and city creation. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Now, Very interesting. Here's what I find interesting, Phil. And, you know, oftentimes we blame governments for being out of touch, right? More often than not, they are. They have no fucking clue about technology or anything of the likes. So, Correct. you know, the Polish government has given CD, CD Projekt Red to $7 million, but they need to commit to fixing the original game first. Great. Like, holy cow. I, I like this Polish government, man. Sounds <laughs> like they, they know what's going on. Like, when when you're intervening into the video game world, protecting the customer and ensuring the longevity of the creators. Yep. That's progress, man. That, yep. That's the kind of world I want to live in. Yep. And going back to kind of how people see and anyone can write a story about anything and it gains traction. We're, I'm only going to talk about this because it proves my point that yes. Phil and I can literally go on the show, talk about anything, then have someone from a three-lettered company write an article about <laughs> something that we talk about. So we're going to test this theory out again. Um, and so there's been a lot of noise, a lot of speculation, a lot of rumor, a lot of innuendo that Microsoft is going to dump a dump truck full of money at Kojima to make an exclusive game for them. And this little uh. thought in someone's little brain turned into this whole thing where a company of three letters is creating articles and videos about this. Oh, and you know, it's all based off of the this whole, I can definitely tell you where all this crap comes from. It's the fact that Kojima was supposedly in talks with Stadia when yep. Stadia's game division was there. And he even came out and said that, that was bullcrap. He yep. even came out and he said, like, like, sure, I like there's so much crap being thrown around the industry all yep. the time that I get offers every day. Like, like, I don't even know what the hell's going on so with a lot of this stuff. So it leaks out about this that maybe they were considering or they threw a pitch that never got followed up on whatever and now this gives it the fire that it the yep. breathing air that it needs to manifest into another shit pile of a yep. story because if there's any video game celebrity if there's anyone who can move a needle yeah. it is kojima regardless of yep. what you think of his style and his video game right um like he but, is yeah. a video game celebrity um uh but apparently you know, let's let's look at the Kojima rumors. Apparently, he's working with Konami again. Apparently, they're going to reboot Silent Hill. Apparently, they're working on a new Metal Gear. Apparently, they're going to work on a remake of Metal Gear. Apparently, he has a new game. Apparently, there's a new Death Stranding coming up. Apparently, this. Apparently, that. It doesn't matter, people. There's just so many rumors. And this is the issue, right? Like, you know, someone takes a quote. From an in, from an interview, and they write a whole article about about it. It's just yeah. crazy. It's opinion. It's not. It's not fact. 
Yep. There may be a nugget of a factoid in there. There may be, but it's speculation at best. Like, honestly, yep. you don't know what that man is going to do or his production company. Especially Kojima. Until they announce it. Until there's a trailer. Until there's a press release. Until there's something. That guy probably has about as many ideas floating through his head as shits in our bellies. Like, yeah, I just... It's just, yep. yeah, he's creative. He's a creative guy. Having said that, I am excited for the next Kojima project. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to be FedExing body parts all over the place again. <laughs> like, I love what, that game man. so much. That game was creepy as shit. Well yep. done, but creepy as shit. Yep. Man. Um, so, Ghost of Tsushima developer Sucker Punch apparently is working on a spectacular multiplayer game that's coming from them directly mm. good i i was pleasantly surprised after playing second son and all the, the, the their previous entries which were good nothing wrong with them i was pleasantly surprised with ghost of tsushima i was yep. just like holy shit this is this is wow revolutionary and it's funny because a friend of mine who has a ps5 he bought it, and one of the reasons why he bought it was to get on to that game, and he didn't want to pay full price. It finally went on sale. He yep. picked it up, and he's not playing it right now, and I'm ribbing him like crazy at work, because I'm like, how come you're not playing your game? This is the thing. And it's, yep. it's pretty funny. Yep. But yeah, it's I'm just like, I went back, and that's why I wanted to play it this week, because I went back, and how revolutionary it is, and how amazing it is with the wind and the guide points and everything about the actual construction, the foundation of the game, the lore that it's based in. Yep. Makes I don't me have, smile. I don't have my copy anymore. My nephew grabbed that at the end of the summer and I haven't seen him since. So ah, Alex, good man, Alex, good man, Alex, Alex, I want my game back. Just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause apparently listen. there's like, there's like a new game mode and all yeah. kinds of add ons to it now. And I was like, yeah, I think that's coming out. And it's like, well, no, it came out yep. like in the fall. Yep. <laughs> really? Shit, I got to play more of this. Yeah. All right. So um, Amazon Prime has 200 million subscribers worldwide. Ugh. That's a lot. Now, that's a lot. Here's and the how thing. many of them are watching Amazon Prime? <laughs> Bingo. Half of these, not half, I shouldn't say half, but there's a chunk of people who probably don't even know they have access to Prime Video. Truth. <laughs> Seriously. Or like, Prime Music. Or yep. cloud storage for your photos. Yep. No, they, the company's really good at delivering things that people don't know they delivered. Right? Isn't that <laughs> Honestly, crazy? It's, it's like, it's like when you're farting around with Twitch and you realize that you have a Twitch account and that you have it upgraded and you just need to link certain things. They were giving yep. away free like Nintendo Switch online services for a year. Yep. They were doing all kinds of crap. Like, yeah. and, and I will say in, in its failures though, linking these accounts and doing some of the stuff that it's needed isn't always easy. No, it's not. And it, it ends up getting to be a frustration point where you're like, ah, screw it. Like, yep. honestly, ah, screw it. Like, it's when it works well when it's an app and you download the app 
and you just go, okay, I got Amazon Music now. Yeah. All right, cool. That's yeah. cool. Sign Amazon, your Amazon account is amazing at frustrating you to the point where you give up and they keep your money. You know, I have a friend, uh, she just recently bought a new pair of jeans from Amazon. They didn't fit her, uh, so she went to wanting to return them. But the issue is, is that, you know, she she didn't get a printing label or anything. So, you know, it's like, at what point are you going to give up and just say, you know, eat your loss? Well, I will say, in my history, I have had two interactions with vendors that have not gone well and i am the most annoying customer in the world when that happens one of them was a jacket that i ordered and it was very clearly way too big their sizing charts were wrong on their website or on their amazon listing and the guy didn't want to want me to return it he did that same type of stuff, not making it easy for me to get a return. To which, all I had to do was dig around in the app and find a number for Amazon. And in fact, they'll call you back. They usually will just say, do you want us to call you at this number? We'll call you in five minutes. Yes, please. You get a rep on the line and then they look into it. And normally what happens is... And so this is what I'm recommending to people, your friend included with the jeans, is they do an investigation on the seller. It usually takes two or three days. And then they make statements like, hey, this person, this seller, is actively trying to dissuade you you from returning the product. They kill the listing, they kill their store, and they refund you your full money usually right away. Like this guy was emailing me and saying, Hey, how about you just go and alter it and I'll give you back $30. Yeah. Right. And go get it tailored and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, no, this is just crap. You're crap. And then uh, other time I bought a Marvel legends infinity gauntlet. And what showed up was a rubber glove with lit stones in it. (laughs) (laughs) I was pissed. I was pissed because not only was this thing look like something that you clean your freaking toilet with. All right. It, it stunk. It smelled really bad. When you open the bag, there was a chemical smell that would fill a room and just like kook you out. Like you would be high off of fumes. Mickey, it you was disgusting. You got the real infinity gauntlet. Yeah. And I'm like, and the funny thing was I called Amazon. And I'm like, Hey, look, like, First off, this thing stinks, like literally stinks, which gets them completely. Their reps are like laughing their ass off, right? Because I'm like, it really smells bad. And I'm like, well, look, you see the box on the listing? And the guy still had the listing up. And I'm like, he's showing a Hasbro Black Series Infinity Gauntlet, which is a mechanical thing. I got a toilet glove. Like... And it was so funny because I didn't realize there was a switch with a little watch battery in it to light the stones up until my brother's uh, 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 son came up um, and and he's just like 10 years old and he goes, look, it lights up and he finds the switch, turns it on, it's glowing. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God. But yeah, no. he wanted like 60 bucks for this thing and I Fuck. thought, what a steal. Yeah. And I'm like, I got my money back. Oh, believe me. And they took him off the store. Yeah. 
they don't like those practices no, when when these vendors do this shit to people. So yeah. complain to Amazon. Don't complain to the seller. Complain to Amazon, and you'll That's- get. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. And she's a little Wolverine. She's rabid about this stuff. So, you know, she's going to get her 40, 45 bucks back. Um, you know, so I told her, just contact Amazon. It's a lot easier because essentially the seller, you can't return something or you can't get your money back until they get it. And they never sent her the, the label. So she called yep. Amazon or emailed them. And within minutes, literally minutes, and we're talking, this was Saturday at like one in the morning, you know? So, yep. you know, I'm like, just call Amazon, deal with Amazon, and you'll get your stuff. Within minutes, she got her label. Yep, and the funny thing is, is I got refunded for my glove, and they let me keep the glove, so I have my toilet cleaning glove. <laughs> that is so funny. All right, I'll, so- I'll bring Next show, I'll bring it on the show for you. I love it. <laughs> You'll love it. Or you can wait until our live show. Yeah, true enough, true enough. Um... <laughs> Little hint uh, there. All right, so talking about Amazon, Twitch has banned over 7 million bots contributing to artificially inflated numbers. Uh, So Twitch sent out a tweet. We have been monitoring the rise of fake engagement on Twitch and have identified 7.5 million plus accounts that break our terms of service by follow botting and view botting. We are taking action on these accounts and appreciate all of the reports about this issue. Um, you know, this is a big issue because, you know, oftentimes your compensation as a Twitch partner or whatever, you know, whether it be YouTube, whether it be Twitch, whether it be whatever, Instagram is based on followers, um, you know, to get into certain programs with for sponsors, you need to show artificial um, or sorry, actual followers and whatnot so yeah using bots clearly is it's bullshit so i'm happy that twitch is actively trying to find these fake engagements yeah it it you know normally the twitch route is to just basically put it on the person but i i know with one of these guys like he had three million followers in one day yeah exactly and it just ballooned up and you know uh, I'm impressed that Twitch is doing something about this because normally with the DCMA stuff and all that, the music, the streaming, they just kind of say, oh, well, you guys figure it out. We're demonetizing your video or we're we're going to slap you on this front and it's up to you to figure it out. We're not going to take any ownership. Yep. This time it seems to show that, that Amazon are actually, you know, looking into things and, and taking ownership of that. So that's that's a welcome oh. change. Because it affects their bottom line also. Yeah, because their money is going out the door if exactly. they're paying for these fake fake pumped numbers. And, also, and I'm I'm no way am I saying that the people on the end of these inflated bots are trying to get the bot views. Yeah. To get the numbers up because it's gotta suck for them if they're gonna lose three million followers. And then the paycheck goes in accordance to that. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden it's like I was banking mad money last week and now I'm back down to a more realistic number. Exactly. Which, you know, it is it, it is what it is. But, you know, it's hard. People don't realize like, you know, our numbers are okay because we – I was lucky to have this show for a long time off and on, right? Um, we've gone yep. down a little bit. We've gone up a little bit. You know, it, it happens. It depends kind of what, what's happening in the world I've noticed. Um 
you know, but it's hard to maintain a active audience. Um, and social numbers don't equate to everything. Like we're not actively active on our social channels, so we don't have the our highest numbers, but we had to have interaction with our listeners in other ways. So, you know, but it is hard. It's fucking hard. So I can yeah. always see, you know, talking on the other side of it, I can always see the temptation to use bots and fake interactions. Um, but, yep. you know, I, one thing I actively do, Phil, is I look at our followers and anytime I know that it's a fake account or whatever, I block the hell out of them um, because I just don't yep. want ever to be in a position where, you know, we get in shit buy a sponsor or something because our followers are fake or sex bots yeah. or something. Sex bots and stuff like that where you look at, like, I get all these, because I have my public Instagram and I have a private Instagram. My private Instagram is so freaking boring. It, like, literally is, what did I make in my air fryer today? Here's a hint, chicken wings. Shit like that. And I look at the requests that come in because I lock that one down. Because, you know, I don't want people looking at my chicken wings. It's that simple. You know, unless they know me. Yeah. So the funny thing is, is that I look at it and I get these follow requests and it's so clearly fake. Yeah. Like, you know, they've been on Instagram. It doesn't tell you the time, but it'll be like no posts following 50 people or there's one post of a girl in a bikini. You know what I mean? I'm like, come on. Like, really? Is this it, no? You're not getting in here. You're yeah. not following me. Exactly. It's exactly. so bizarre. Yep. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So you just you know if 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 you do have like a podcast or something where you're trying to monetize an account, just be careful because you know those bots can get you in trouble. Yeah, big time, big time, man. I'm telling you. But sometimes it's funny though too when you're when you're rooting them out yeah. on your on your oh, yeah. public facing accounts. Because you're like, hey, hang on. I've got the weirdest followers on my Lego account. <laughs> it's so weird. Right. Man. Yeah. It's, it's like fun. weird dancers in fucking Brazil and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Exactly. But All it's right, real Phil, people. I think it's that time of show where you let people know how they can get a hold yeah, of Yeah, man. Because it's just so on theme. We're talking about followers. And where can you follow us? Well, you can find us on basically instagram twitter and facebook at it's canon podcast if you want to go to our website and listen to our show it's www.itscanonpodcast.com if you want to email us you can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com and you know if you're looking for us or you know somebody who might be looking for us you can recommend that they go look for us on apple podcast spotify stitcher google play anywhere where you find podcasts you're going to find the it's canon podcast and if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you get notifications about like when we're dropping our crazy episodes. And uh, leave a rate and review, if at all possible, on your platform. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to us banter on. Yep, thank you so much. We really do appreciate all the interactions we have. Um, we, and we will be back on Wednesday as we discuss The Falcon and The Winter Soldier, episode number five. Um, and then, yeah, we're back at it next week with more news. Rinse and repeat. So, it is the It's Canon Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things everything, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about all things pop culture. He's Phil. I'm Boris. 
good night. <laughs>